This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by Acura, precision-crafted performance. Visit Acura.ca for 2020 models and special offers. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Good morning, Canada, and welcome inside Golf Talk Canada. It's a little... A little cold here in the Toronto area, but uh, there's some great golf being played uh, worldwide. Uh, Adam Scully alongside uh, Bob Weeks. Uh, Mark Zucchino will be joining us uh, in hour two. He's uh, Is he bungee jumping this week? I think he is bungee jumping, or I know there was some uh, sumo wrestling going on as well, oh. so that might, be a, that might be that camp where they go to where they do both those. Oh, okay. Sumo so the... wrestling and... Bungee jumping. Wow, the sumo bungee jumping uh, camp. Uh, so good for Mark. Uh, no, Mark is actually uh, at uh, the Genesis. He is covering uh, for PGA Tour Radio. Uh, so he'll be joining us at uh, 9.30. He's covering uh, the first, or the, the entire tournament, I should say, there. Uh, we've got a very busy show uh, today. We're going to hear from Nick Taylor a little later on. Uh, picked up his second career PGA Tour victory. Uh, we were watching that together in the Sports Center newsroom. Uh, what a great, uh, what a great victory that was, and what a great moment that was for Canadian golf. Well, certainly, it's the way he did it was very impressive. Uh, wire to wire, three different courses, taking on Phil Mickelson in the last round in the group with everything that happens with Phil Mickelson. It's just kind of a uh, uh, a big moment for for Nick, and I think I think um, it's a little bit overdue. To be perfectly honest with you, he's a really good player. Had a great collegiate career, great amateur career, Canadian amateur champ, uh, Ben Hogan Award winner, is top collegiate player in the states. So there's lots of good things about Nick Taylor that sort of show you that this is this wasn't really that much of a surprise. But the first I don't know first first few years. On the PGA Tour, he had that win very early, and then he kind of had been struggled to try and keep his card, and now he solidified that and all the extras, of course, that come with it, including a trip to Augusta. Yeah, it's absolutely massive. There are going to be four Canadians now at Augusta National, a huge moment, and it'll be a great week and a great time for Canadian uh, golf. We're also going to hear from some of the contenders at the Genesis Open, uh, Genesis Invitational, I should say. Uh, Tiger Woods, who's not a contender at this point, but with him, you never know. Uh, we'll hear from him. Uh, we'll hear from Rory McIlroy. Uh, we'll hear from Adam Scott, who actually caught up with Mark Sacchino after uh, his second round. We're also going to talk about Taylor Maid's new Sim Iron Lion, um, which is uh, of time update this week because uh, Nick Taylor used a Sim 4-iron, which he called his big 4-iron, and that helped him to victory. <laughs> it was almost like a driving iron for him. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. And I think uh, I think through if you look through his bag, he's a little bit of an old-school guy. It takes him a, to- a little bit of time to... Um, to get things uh, dialed in perfectly, so he's still using an M2 driver, which I'm sure TaylorMade didn't want to promote too much since they have a new one coming out, but we're doing it here. Uh, but, this, but the new Sim 4 iron that, uh, that he hit, and he hit it a couple of times in key moments, certainly worked for him. Yeah, it was crucial, and uh, he used it off the first hole, and I believe he used it off the 18th hole as well when he had the the big lead. So uh, big for Nick Taylor, big for Sim, uh, uh, the Taylor-made Sim line as well. But before we get to all that, let's go to some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by the McKenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada. Tomorrow's stars today. Okay, so a lot of big news uh, this week, uh, Bob, but uh, let's start with some news that came out sort of after 5 Eastern. 
uh, last night, and that was uh, Tiger Woods, among many stars, not committing to the WGC Mexico uh, Championship. Pretty crucial and critical because these are free world ranking points. These are free FedEx Cup points, uh, and pretty big as well because it's an Olympic year. That's right. Uh, what are your thoughts on Tiger uh, not committing? I wasn't a hundred percent surprised. I wasn't shocked just because if. Uh, Earlier this week on, on uh, Up and Down, we did a little bit of a, an analysis of where he might play. And I think there's eight weeks left now to go until the Masters. And I had him playing at five, but I thought this one, this was the one that was a bit questionable right. for him. So um, he's not the only guy, by the way, missing it. I think part of this is just, as you might say with Kawhi Leonard, load management. <laughs> He nice. doesn't want to play too many times. Don't forget, last year he played L.A., and then he played Mexico, and then he had to skip Bay Hill because he had a uh, knee or he had a uh, neck injury. Mm-hmm. There's also some speculation that, well, Tiger Woods didn't practice a lot this week. Now that he said it was because of all the duties he's had as the host of the event, but he was very absent from the practice range uh, throughout the week, and so some people are suggesting, well, maybe he's a little stiff or sore or something's not right. So that's just speculation, of course. But he's not going to play. But he's not the only one. So Brooks Kepka is not going to play. Sixth-ranked Patrick Cantlay is not going to play. Justin Rose, 10th in the world, is not going to play. Ricky Fowler is not going to play. Jason Day is not going to play. Henrik Stenson is not going to play. So I think a lot of this has to do with timing, with the number of events coming up before Augusta, and everybody still wants to be fresh for that. Yeah, it's it's pretty fascinating, too. And, and Tiger was pretty adamant after uh, really his first round, and both rounds, I should say, that uh, speaking with the media that, he wasn't using it as an excuse, but he was saying basically he didn't hit the range until 10 minutes before his 6 a.m. or 6.30 pro-am uh, time on Wednesday. And he sort of pieced together, he somehow pieced together a four under front nine uh, on Thursday. But do you think this could potentially open the door for Honda, maybe? Uh, it's possible, I suppose. you got to look at the schedule in terms of back-to-back weeks, and I think yeah. that's the one thing where you know Tiger I don't think wants to try he wants to try and limit as many back-to-back weeks mm-hmm. as, as he can at some point you know they're going to just fall in there but let's Honda let's take Bay a quick Hill look at it then. so you so he's got this week and obviously he's going to take off next week there is Honda but then the following week is Bay Hill where he's won eight times so yeah. you do that and then after that you got players championships he's not so going to skip that he could play Honda skip Bay Hill and play players but the odds to me would be yeah probably probably go back to back with um, with Bay Hill and the players take the Valspar off play the match play, take a week off, and play the Masters. Mm-hmm. That might be the schedule that I see. But again, I thought he might play Mexico, so what do I know? Yeah, it, it'll be fascinating to see what he, uh, what he plays next. Uh, we'll hear about his next commitments uh, maybe sometime next week, or if he commits to Honda, we'll hear uh, next uh, Friday. Some other news, of course, uh, around the golf world. Uh, some star players, uh, including Phil Mickelson, have met with Premier Golf League representatives. What do you think about this whole situation? <laughs> well, it's interesting to get the feedback from the players now. Phil Mickelson said he's met with them. Tigers met with them. Uh, Freddie Couples talked about it. Bernard Longer said he met with them, and he actually brought up the good point. He says, how are you going to decide, how are you going to feed players in and out of this league? Like, the PJ Tour is not going to be a feeder system for this league. So he saw that that was going to be very interesting as players get older or younger players come up. What will they do? Uh, Jack Nicklaus just said he didn't think it was going to work. He didn't think there was any way it, was, it would sustain itself. So there's lots. They've obviously reached out to a lot of players. They've obviously put themselves out there to try and um, get as, as deep a field as they can. 
in terms of players, but I think there's still a long way to go on this and a lot that we don't know about it as well. Yeah, you mentioned there PGA Tour uh, Commissioner Jay Monahan said players wouldn't be able to, to participate in both of these. Uh, it, it's a very interesting situation, and we'll see what, uh, what comes of it. Uh, moving forward. Uh, speaking of uh, interesting situations uh, and not a great situation here, uh, the coronavirus is, is uh, not a great thing, obviously, and, and the European Tour has decided to cancel uh, some events as a result of it. Uh, safety first, right? They are. They've, they've canceled one event in Kuala Lumpur, one other event in China, and that follows in the footsteps of uh, basically canceling the first half of the year for the PGA Tour China uh, the LPGA Tour has canceled a number of events over there as well. They're going to play this week in Australia, and then the rest of that uh, Asian swing has been has been called off. So it's it uh, you know it it doesn't affect the European Tour players. I can see it'll affect a little bit, but if you're a player on PGA Tour China, you basically have nowhere to play right now because there's no events, and this is a tour you may have uh, um, qualified mm-hmm. for. There's a couple of Canadians I know for sure on that tour. So it's uh, it's not a good situation, but obviously nobody wants to go into an, an area where it might be um, risky to catch something like that. Well, for sure, and you, you know, you, you think of some Canadians too. Uh, you know, on a personal note, I know obviously Richard Jung is he was he was a big part of PGA Tour China uh, last year. He hoped the best that he can find a tour to play on um, and uh, continue developing his game because he made the cut at the RBC Canadian Open last year, and, and the guy uh, can clearly play. Uh, lastly, in news and headlines here, uh, Northridge. This is a great story. Northridge Golf Club uh, is to be renamed the Walter Gretzky Golf Course. This is just a great story. Yeah. Isn't it? So the there's a municipal golf course. In uh, in Brantford, it's uh, the 63 year old Balmoral Drive. It's on mm-hmm. Balmoral Drive, and it's uh, formerly called Northridge, the family golf course. It's it's a build as kind of a multi purpose facility, um, but it's going to be renamed after the uh, after the great one's father. Hmm. It's going to be called the Walter Gretzky Municipal Golf Course Banquet and Learning Academy, and the name change will become official. At a ceremony in the spring where they're going to reopen a uh, new $4 million clubhouse. So mm. kind of a cool uh, honor and an unusual honor for the best golf or best hockey dad in, uh, in the country. But good for Walter. He's done so many good things yeah. for that town or that city, I guess it is. And mm-hmm. so he's going to have a golf course named after him. Pretty cool. Yeah, Councillor John Utley said uh, he is the best citizen uh, in our community. Uh, a great story. And speaking of Gretzky's, uh, Wayne Gretzky had a pretty good showing uh, with DJ last week at Pebble Beach. Uh, they they showed uh, on the Saturday, uh, CBS did show a lot of celebrities playing, um, and uh, Gretzky's got a pretty good move. He's not bad. I've seen him play a little bit. He's um, a good, solid sort of 8 to 10 handicap player, plays a fair bit. At home, mm-hmm. and uh, also it is uh, they've got a place in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, where they play a fair bit. Mm-hmm. And you see him out there pretty much at all the majors following yeah. uh, his uh, sort of son-in-law, <laughs> an unofficial son-in-law, I guess, whatever you want to call him. Yep. But there, and he loves the game, and he's he's not shy about uh, talking with fans and signing mm-hmm. autographs as he goes along following DJ. So he's been, he's been a great, a great ambassador for sport and, and uh, Canadian sport. I remember we did an, uh, an essay last year together on Brooke Henderson, and and Wayne had some great sound bites on Brooke, and and so he he's been great just for the overall growth of not only hockey in the sport uh, in this uh, country, but uh, overall sport uh, in general. Well, coming up after the break, uh, we're going to get to some of the contenders at the Genesis Invitational, Rory. McElroy, Adam Scott, Tiger Woods. We'll also talk about Matt Kuchar, who has a two-shot lead after 36 holes. This is GTC. This segment of GTC was brought to you by Acura. 
precision crafted performance. Visit Acura.ca for 2020 models and special offers. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the driver so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakito and Bob Weeks. And welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks on this uh, cold Saturday morning. I just checked the weather. Uh-oh. Toronto right now. It's it supposed is, to warm up, uh, right? It's minus 6, but it feels like minus 14. It oh, is going to warm up, but they're still going to be chilly. Like, it's going to be only minus 2, but the wind chill, minus 8, minus 10, something mm. like that. So, not exactly golf weather here in the big smoke. So I, I always say the over-under for golf here is, what, April 20th? Yep, within Ish. five days, plus or minus, Yeah, unless you get a freak one. Yeah, yeah. I remember a couple of years ago, we no, years maybe five or six years ago, we had, there was golf on St. Paddy's Day. I do remember that. And Very that early been, March opening. Six or seven years ago. Anyway, uh, hopefully we get golf here soon. Uh, Mark, <laughs> Mark Zucchino uh, is sumo wrestling, uh, so he can't be with us today. He'll be... Uh, Actually, he'll be with us in about an hour or so. He's covering uh, PJ Tour Radio uh, at the Genesis uh, Invitational, where Matt Kuchar has a two-shot lead over Harold Varner III, Rory McIlroy, Wyndham Clark, who's put up a couple of good finishes here uh, as of late. Matt Kuchar, uh, Bob, of course, uh, sunk the clinching putt for the U.S. at the President's Cup. He had a very good year last year, some uh, interesting tales we shall say, off the golf course. But uh, this is a guy who, year in, year out, is just consistent and gets it done, isn't he? He is. He's not, he's not a spring chicken. He's in no, the 40s. And it's, but, you know, it's, I was thinking it's kind of interesting that it's a good run for RBC-sponsored golfers. Ooh. You had Webb Simpson win two weeks ago. Right. You had Nick Taylor win last week. And now you got Matt Kuchar at the front of the line here at the uh, Riviera Golf Club. Mm-hmm. And I, I just find his um, he's got a really good, consistent golf game. There's nothing, if you said what stands out about Matt Kuchar's golf game, you wouldn't say, oh, he hits it a long way, or he's great with his irons, or his putting is sensational. He just kind of does everything well. And um, I think that, you know, in a course like Riviera, where there's a lot of uh, nuances to it, where it's an old school, kind of classic course, this is the kind of game that shines through. He's seventh on the tour uh, in driving accuracy. Matt Kuchar, 64, 69 through two rounds, two-shot lead over three guys, uh, including Rory McIlroy. Talk about consistency. Before we talk about Rory, uh, let's hear from Rory. He spoke to the media uh, after his round. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, you know, most of the day I did the things that I needed to do. I birdied the par fives. Um, you know, I didn't put myself into, you know, in any real trouble off the tee. I missed a few fairways coming in, and it makes it very difficult to control your spin and, and, and get any spin on the ball coming into these greens. But you know, managed it well, played the angles, um, you know, got a couple of really nice up and downs towards the end, a nice two putt on 18. And um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, going into the back nine today, I, I turned in two under, and I, I sort of said to myself, if I can birdie 11, and if I can birdie 17, and part of the rest, I'll, I'll be happy. And uh, didn't quite work out that way, but a, you know, a couple under on the back nine coming in was, was very nice. 
I'm managing my game well. Um, you know, I, I've hit a couple of shots here and there, but you know, I'm, I'm thinking my way around the golf course, and you know, that's what this place is all about. It's, I mean, you can hit a few squirrely shots and get away with it as long as you miss it in the right places. And you know, for the first couple of days, I've done that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about my game. I've, I've hit some nice short irons. Uh, I've held out pretty well for the most part. My chipping and, and short game has been good. So, you know, those are all the things I'll, I'll need over the weekend. Rory McIlroy, your player of the year uh, last year. Two shots off the lead uh, of Matt Kuchar at this point. Of course, Bob, that with, with uh, Rory McIlroy, you know, we're eight weeks away from the Masters. And a lot of these guys want to peak for that time. But, you know, Rory's game has just been so darn consistent over the last, what, year plus now or so? It really has, and um, he's, I think, the best. When he plays his best right now, I think he's better than anybody else. You don't always play your best, so that's obviously a little um, a little bit of an awkward statement mm-hmm. because you can't do it all the time. But I think that, uh, that right now he's in a really good space off the golf course, which helps him on the golf course. He does a lot of reading. He's kind of taken golf as being everything and moved, removed that as being just part of his life. And I think that's kind of helped him focus a little bit more when he needs to focus on the golf course. I, you know, he's back to number one, although he said he sort of backed into it because it just happened. He was sitting on his couch. Eating Cheetos. Yeah, right, doing that. <laughs> and I, and I, like, uh, I like the, 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 the battle that he has with Brooks Kepka, although he keeps it above the line in terms of back-and-forth commentary. But I, and John Rahm's in there, obviously. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of a lot of good things about Rory Rory's game right now, and um, I don't know. He's to me, as I say, I think he's the best player in the game. Well, of twelve of his fourteen rounds have been in the sixties during the 2019-20 season. Now he only hit four fairways uh, in the second round. This golf course, as Tiger said as well, there really isn't any rough. Uh, to put this in perspective, when Rory missed the fairway, he only averaged about 13 feet away from the edge of the fairway when he missed. He wasn't missing by much. But, but on the contrary, Phil Mickelson, who missed the cut, unfortunately, <laughs> hitting a lot of bombs, though, he also only hit four fairways but averaged 44 feet away uh, from uh, the edge of the fairway. Um, so we'll, uh, it's an interesting golf course. I'm going to get into that a little bit uh, in my winner's uh, weird and what. But another uh, contender as well uh, who hasn't played uh, in about seven weeks uh, since winning in Australia was uh, Adam Scott. He put up quite a round, uh, 72-64 in round two. He's T5 after two rounds. And after his second round, he had a chance to catch up with Mark Sacchino. Adam, I feel like we've done this before, a bit of deja vu. Adam Scott and Riviera Country Club, what, what is the recipe here for you? Because it just seems to be Groundhog Day every year. Yeah, I, I really just like a lot of the holes out here. You know, I stand on the tee very comfortable here and shots into the green. Uh, and somehow I managed to putt generally well here when it's one of the courses that guys struggle most on tour with. So... Uh, something about it reminds me a lot of some golf in Australia too, in areas. Uh, I just feel very comfortable every time I'm here. You know, looking at your scorecard, if you just took a glance, you'd see the bogey free round of 64, but you were 5 for 5 in scrambling. Short game was working today. It was. It kind of let me down yesterday. I, I didn't play that bad, but uh, a couple of loose shots I hit yesterday, I didn't scramble, and today I did. Um, you know, And I feel like my short game is feeling really good. It was just one of those things yesterday. It was very hard to putt in close to the hole yesterday afternoon. It was tricky. So uh, this morning I managed to chip them up there and, and hole them with a slightly smoother green. 
Before we let you go, Adam, how good was that three wood on 17? I was calling that when it yeah. came down and landed like a pitching wedge. I was like, this, this is just maybe the best shot we're going to see this week. <laughs> yeah, it was a great, great swing and a great shot. It was everything I had. It was 290 yards back to the hole, and I think it pitched like 273 or something. So that worked out really well. And uh, unfortunately, just left the part a little short. Um, but, you know, those kind of swings and give you a lot of confidence and you know i'd like to keep swinging it like that over the weekend great play and thanks for your time we'll see you out there tomorrow thank you cheers adam scott with uh, mark zacchino he is three shots uh off the lead and with adam scott always you know he's got this pretty swing one of the best tempos in the game but the big question mark is how is he going to perform on the greens he's <laughs> yeah, got the okay. broomstick this week um it's sort of a week a weekly basis you know argument with about him what do you think about his chances this weekend uh i like his chances i think a lot of it too is um with adam scott he he said this week that you know he, well he never plays a real heavy schedule he always prefers to uh, pick and choose his spots and he said that he got anxious about playing again by watching uh tory pines on television he said he got that he says i knew i got to be back out there so he, he came back out and he's trying to find the right schedule for him and for his game so he can peak for the majors again. That's what he wants to do. He's sort of starting to get into the line, into the uh, the the sunset of his career. He's 40 years old, not terribly old, but certainly your prime years are running away from you a little bit. So I think he wants to focus on getting a one or two more big events under the bag. This one, to me, would qualify as a big event if he was ever to pull this sure. one off. When you look at the strength of this field and on this golf course, so. Uh, but you're right. It's all going to come down to Adam. With the, it's all going to be in his putter. Now he has had success at Riviera before, as uh, as Mark was mentioning in that interview. He won here in 2005. However, it was rain shortened, 36 holes, and he has two additional uh, runner-up finishes. He mentioned the majors as well. He was in contention in two of the four majors last year: uh, two top tens, T8, the PGA, T7 at the U.S. Open. You mentioned his age, 40. He's had obviously he won the Masters in 2013. He had the British Open collapse uh, the year before. Uh, are you looking at him maybe almost as a dark horse-ish Masters pick maybe this year? Well, look look at uh, what you just said there with those majors. He's uh, got a game that can compete at all four of the majors, right? He's been basically in contention at every one mm-hmm. of them. So that's first thing to me that, that it says, yeah, I, I would kind of pick him as a, uh, as a guy almost in every one of the majors as long as his performance going into those is strong. And certainly winning at Augusta shows you he knows Augusta, he can do it again. So certainly I would pick him. But um, I think, again, it's going to depend on how he performs leading into it in the next, and how many times he plays between now and Augusta. And I think that'll be an interesting question too. Yeah, he did mention that he wants to play the match play for the first time in a number uh, of years. That's coming up uh, in just a few weeks' uh, time. Well, coming up after the break, a huge story here in Canadian golf. Uh, Last weekend was Nick Taylor's second career PGA Tour victory. And after uh, winning, he caught up with Bob Weeks. We're going to hear that interview after the break. This is GTC. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the driver so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by Acura. 
This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Uh, Mark Sacchino is covering the Genesis Invitational in L.A. He'll be joining us uh, an hour or two. Uh, Bob, I didn't mention off the top, this is a very important weekend uh, just in general. It's, it's Valentine's Day weekend. It is Valentine's Day weekend. And uh, we, we both uh, celebrate it uh, with our better halves, we, we should say. And um, I, I understand you, you cook quite a meal. Uh, Quite a meal, yeah. Or, or maybe j- just a meal, yes. <laughs> a lot of pressure. Um, I better have is like a really good cook, and so I had oh. to come through last night. So uh, I did a lot of research online, oh. and um, but it went. It, I think it was edible anyway, so that's mm. good. Well, as my grandmother once said, if you can read, you can cook. So yes. that's something that my parents are telling me, and I'm actually, you know, I'm getting a little better in the kitchen. Uh, <laughs> some will disagree with me, but you are fake news. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> in right. any case, uh, back to some golf here, and uh, this was a huge uh, time last weekend uh, for Canadian golf. Nick Taylor winning his second career PGA tournament, uh, beating Phil Mickelson mano a mano down the stretch uh, for quite a victory, and after his round. He caught up via FaceTime with Bob. Nick Taylor, congratulations. Your second victory on the PGA Tour. It was a very difficult day out there, especially on the back nine with the wind. How difficult was it that way, and how difficult was it emotionally for you over the course of this 18-hole round? Yeah, it was was very difficult for both. Uh, I feel like the anticipation was where I was most nervous starting the day. I felt pretty calm once I teed off uh, and felt very comfortable. I felt like I was swinging it well. I had a good warm-up session. And the win, when it started picking off, it was brutal. It was uh, once we made that turn to 11, the next four or five holes, and we get into the win. And, uh, you know, I, I felt like I made some okay swings and just ended up in some four spots and really tried to manage bogey from there. And, and 14, 14 double, you know, it set me back a bit, but I still had to remind myself I had a couple shot lead and, and uh, played really solid coming in from there. What does it say about your game right now that you were able to go on Pebble Beach, one of the most difficult golf courses when the wind is blowing, playing alongside Pebble, uh, uh, Phil Mickelson and everything that he brings with him and still come out on top here and, and not look like you were phased one bit for the entire 18-hole round? Yeah, you know, uh, it gives me a lot of confidence for sure to be able to, to play with Phil and, um, you know, he made some ridiculous up and downs today, and I, and I felt like, you know, I've watched Phil so much to kind of expect the unexpected, so I was ready for it. Um, to get off to such a great start was, was huge, and I think to have a big lead, you know, it, it's sometimes difficult to, to play from there without counting the holes left and, and jumping ahead, but I think I did a pretty good job of that. And, um, you know, I think when I look back, the chick that on 15 was obviously massive to have that lead and posting from there a little bit. What, was that the TSN turning point? I would call that, yeah. <laughs> um, when you won for the first time in 2014, it came very early in your career. Now that you have the second victory, how much more satisfying is it to realize and to understand how difficult it is, and so how much more satisfying is it to get this one? Yeah, it's it's more satisfying in a sense where there's you know six years almost. Um, time goes on where I felt like my game was actually getting better, but you know I wasn't competing as much as I had liked, and you know you never know if that's going to come again. 
I felt like my game has been really good for a while and just kind of putting four rounds together and um, you know my team we, we talked and we're like we just need to minimize mistakes where we're shooting ourselves in the foot and not not me executing poorly it's more so game plan putting myself in spots that I don't want to be in so we did such a great job of that and um, I'm proud of us for doing that and, and getting better but uh yeah, it's just, uh, I can't, it's, it's hard to imagine, but I'm really sad. <laughs> uh, I know it's been like an hour since the last putt went in, but uh, this comes with a lot of extras, uh, notably of uh, a trip to the Masters. You're going to play in the Tournament of Champions. You get a check for $1.4 million. You get a two-year exemption. Uh, yeah. Amongst those things, what stands out the most for you? Uh, the Masters definitely stands out. I think uh, you dream of playing that golf tournament my entire life. Uh, you know, huge golfing moments for me growing up was watching Weirzy win it. And now to be able to, to play there, I've never been there. And that was always, you know, in the back of my mind. When I, when I went there, I wanted to go there and competing in the tournament. So that's going to be a dream come true. Having job security for two and a half, three years is also a, a huge perk for, for myself. And, you know, after a couple of years of battling for my card, it's going uh, to open a lot of doors on the side. You mentioned Mike Weir. Uh, you will become just the seventh Canadian golfer ever to win multiple uh, times on the PGA Tour. What does it mean for you when you hear your name now in the same group with guys like Mike Weir and Stephen Ames and Stan Leonard and George Knutson? Yeah, it's, it's an honor. I think it's going to take a while to sink in. Um, you know, when you turn pro, you know, you hope you can be on the PGA Tour, have a successful career, but it's just there's no guarantees whatsoever. And, to get a win so early in my career was incredible, and now to, you know, you dream of having multiple wins, but this, uh, this is amazing. So I'm going to soak it up as much as I can. What's what's up for the celebration? You got any plans? Um, we go back to our rental house, pack up, we're driving, we're going to Big Sur tomorrow. So you're not doing laundry like the last, the, the last time you won. You did. You went. No, back I did, did laundry, laundry last night. Actually, yeah, I did laundry last night. So we're good there. All right. Congratulations, Nick. It's uh, it's wonderful Thanks, to see you win. Thank you. Appreciate it. Just a great story. Nick Taylor uh, picking up his second career uh, PGA Tour victory. And this was not just a victory. This was a pretty dominant victory as well. The first Canadian to ever win wire to wire in the modern era. Yeah, George Newson did it back in 1960 uh, in the desert in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And... Um, but this is certainly something I think is extra special because it's played on three different golf courses. Yeah. So it's not like you're playing at Glen Abbey or something like that where you get used to it and it's a, it's a course that suits you. You've got to do it over those three courses and then uh, go into the final round in blustery conditions, shall we say, on greens that are pretty small. They're about, on average, about half the size of a regular PGA Tour green. And then to deal with Phil Mickelson and all the stuff that goes around with the crowd that goes with him. And I always thought, you know, on the second hole, Phil tapped in for birdie ahead of Nick. That was, yeah. It was a little ballsy. And I'm sure he was, he was trying to uh, maybe rattle his cage a little bit. But full credit to Nick, he did not rattle. And I, I never thought he would get overwhelmed. He's a pretty smart guy. He's a pretty, at least uh, on the surface, a pretty relaxed guy, uh, confident guy in his game. So I think maybe he's, he's uh, this, this win I think could, really give him a step forward down the stretch. We'll see if, if in the next few weeks how it handles it. I know he missed the cut this mm -hmm. week because I'm sure he's exhausted yeah. after everything that he had to do. But um, I, I like this, I like this uh, victory for Nick 
as a something that sets up something even bigger down the road. You mentioned some some gamesmanship there by Phil Mickelson. The same thing almost happened, or really did happen on the fourth hole. Um, you could say it's drivable. It was playing just I think three fifteen that day. Uh, Phil had the honor, but said I'm going to hit driver. So Nick, why don't you go first? So a little gamesmanship there by Phil. But you know Phil is Phil, and you either love him or you hate him. But uh, you know he does what he does. Uh, but you mentioned there a little as well. His quiet demeanor he doesn't seem like he ever gets too high or too low. And some of the press afterwards, I know one of the guys in the media in his press conference says, you know, Nick, you're not really giving us much here. Uh, and, but, you know, after you know, winning a second PJ Tour win, you'd think he'd be ecstatic. But do you think that quiet demeanor helps him, especially in a situation like this where you're playing not only with Phil Mickelson, but there's amateur partners, the five-hour and 40-minute round. Do you think that that demeanor helped him? Well, I think it, it, it is who he is. You know, that's who Nick Taylor is, and that's the way he's got to be to do something else to, um, you know, be the jokester at the press conference or something like that is, is not, in his, mm-hmm. not in his demeanor naturally. So I think it does help him. I think he plays within himself, and he doesn't get too nervous about stuff. He gets uh, he's at ease, and I I. I thought watching him walk around that golf course, he never really saw an expression on his face that was um, too excited or too disappointed, even when he was you know, hitting those drives left. He just sort of dealt with the situation and said, let's go on and hit the next shot. He is a funny guy. When you sit down with him afterwards, when you get to know him, um, he has some good jokes. He's actually one of the best Mario Kart driver Wow. Um, in, in his mind, anyway. <laughs> he thinks he's pretty good, but I have heard from other guys who we went to college with no, uh, uh, Joel Damon yeah, was one of those guys who said that, yeah, he nobody could beat this guy when it came to Mario Kart. So that's um, that's pretty cool. And he's got uh, he's got a new baby at home too, just born in late October, early November. And I think that's also helped. He said, kind of give him perspective about what goes on in the world. And golf doesn't have to be everything and and all of all of. All things golf doesn't have to uh, occupy your life. Well, we had the pleasure of, actually, of spending time with both Nick and Michael Gligic uh, at uh, TaylorMade's HQ um, in December. And Michael and Nick were playing some sort of video game. I, I can't remember what it was at that spot, but uh, that wasn't, wasn't Mario Kart. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, good on him for sure. But l- let's get into the final round a little bit here because, you know, he goes in with a two-shot lead. Going into the round, he wasn't still the bait- betting favorite. Um, and to go four under on the front nine, going birdie, birdie, eagle, holding out on uh, on six, the par five for eagle, and then birdieing nine to take a five-shot lead, it was just pretty darn impressive under the circumstances to do, wasn't it? It was, and in some ways you can kind of say he outfilled Phil, you know, chipping in for that mm-hmm. for that eagle, and then he did, of course, the out of the bunker on the backside again for the birdie. Yep. I, I think that, um, I may have those mixed up, and I, I just think that... Uh, Getting a five-shot lead for him was almost not a great thing. <laughs> you know, it's tough to play from that point, from a lead of five-five. I think you, your your natural inclination is to try and protect that lead. Let's not take any chances. Uh, and then when he came through that backside, where he went four over over those four holes, brought it back. Never really got. I was never still really never too worried because you saw what Phil was doing. So obviously, it was the conditions mm-hmm. that were dictating what was going on in that game. It wasn't so much that one guy was falling apart. Everybody was kind of backing up. So um, I didn't get too worried at that point. But I think 
overall, as you look at his game, getting to the five-shot lead and then continuing through on the backside, even in the face of those difficult situations with the win, shows a lot of game for Nick Taylor. Yeah, the conditions certainly got very tough, but, you know, chipping in on 15 for the birdie and then the tee shot on 17 with an eight iron from about 170 yards to well, that was eight feet. That was just under the stones you have to hit that shot. Impressive. And speaking of impressive, I mentioned this off the top, four Canadians now in the Masters. What is that foursome going to be like on Monday and Tuesday whenever they play that practice round? Because you'll be down there. That's going to be awesome. They'll play it on Tuesday. That's generally the day that 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 kind of stuff happens. But over the years, you know, this will be my 25th Masters. And when you go down there, you always see, I mean, for a lot of years, there were no Canadians in there before Mike won. But a lot, of, a lot of times you go out there and you'll see four Australians playing together or you'll see four Spanish golfers playing together. And it was always kind of, you know, there was Mike. And, and the odd time, you then you get Mike and Steven. Uh, but you never saw really a grouping until the last few years. There was a couple of times when there was Mike would go out with Mackenzie Hughes and Graham Dillette, mm-hmm. uh, or Mike would go out with Adam Hadwin and, and play. And, and so now it's going to be pretty cool to see all four of them. And Nick actually mentioned the fact that he got, a congratula- he got an encouraging text on Saturday night from Mike Weir, telling him, you know, go out and get this thing done. He got a congratulatory one from him after. And they've, they've set up a day where they're going to go out there and, uh, and play, which would likely be Tuesday. And, um, and Nick said that what he really likes is uh, being able to go and pick Mike's brain instead of say, what should I do? Where should I go? How should I play this hole? So I think that's going to be a really cool, um, cool experience just to see, especially for Canadian golf fans, to see four Canadians walking at Augusta. That equals the most we've ever had in any one Masters. So it's a, it's a pretty good show. And they, listen, there's a few weeks left. We might get another one in there, right? I was going to say, who knows? Let's Will see they let them it... play in a fivesome? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, let's see. Uh, but it's, it's certainly a very exciting time. Congratulations again uh, to Nick. And we can't, uh, can't wait to see you uh, tee it up for the first time at Augusta National uh, in just under eight weeks uh, from now. Going to be fun. Well, coming up after the break, we're going to uh, promote all things GTC coming up going forward, and we're going to hear from Tiger Woods who's sitting at even par through two rounds at the Genesis Invitational. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. We're wrapping up hour one right here this morning on a frigid morning uh, in Toronto on GTC. Uh, Mark Zacchino, uh, I think he has stopped the sumo wrestling. Uh, He's now... 
uh, on the stationary bike in his hotel room, getting ready for a set in about uh, 40 minutes or so? I think he's getting the wipe down. He has to get that oil off him for the sumo wrestling. Uh, no, down. God. So, yes. you got to get wiped down first. Yeah, I think I would actually pay to see that. That'd be... <laughs> That's not no, something I want to no, see, actually. No. I'm sorry if, you, if you're driving off the road. Yeah, don't, don't think of that. Uh, let's get back to golf here. Genesis Invitational. Uh, Matt Kuchar, two-shot lead over Rory McIlroy. Uh, Tiger Woods, the tournament host uh, this week, uh, 69-73, his, round, his uh, two rounds uh, this week. He's at even par, not, uh, nine shots off the lead. And after his second round, he caught up with Golf Channel's Todd Lewis. I made some uh, bad mistakes out there. You know, I had uh, had a wedge in my hand of 15, made double there, and I had a sandwich and a three and made bogey there. So uh, three thrown away shots with wedges is something I, I rarely ever do. And I uh, just didn't, you know, because of that, and I shot over par. Do you feel more comfortable with hitting fairways and off the tee now after today? No, I, I do. You know, I um, this year I've... I've well, I've only played two events uh, this year, so uh, in those two events, I, I've driven it pretty good. Um, yesterday was a little bit different, and I had a couple, you know, big misses yesterday. But um, and overall, my misses have been been pretty tight. You were hosting this Invitational, of course, the TGR Foundation. Your foundation benefits from this tournament, helps so many young kids through education, but it also demands time from you and hosting duties. And you're trying to compete against the best field we have this season. Yeah. How do you manage that time? What are the challenges? Well, I've I've done it a long time. You know, I've I've been involved in uh, running events and hosting events since '99, 2000. So uh, they're a very long time. I've done it a bunch of times and. Uh, this is no different. Um, I just wish I would not have played the back nine as bad as I did yesterday and uh, did not throw away you know, three shots with, with a wedge in my hand. So uh, those, those things change. I'm near the top of the board. So uh, that's the way it is when you play tournament golf against the best, best field there is. And finally, you are chasing the lead tomorrow. There is some ground between you and the leaders. Do you alter your strategy heading into Saturday or do you keep the same strategy and just execute better? Well, I'm going to have to make birdies. Um, if I want to win this event, I'm, I'm so far back right now with you know, virtually uh, about 50 guys ahead of me, so uh, 40 guys ahead of me. So uh, I'm going to have to you know, make some birdies this weekend, and hopefully I can get off to a quick start like I did last year and um, you know, birdie eagle, birdie birdie, or do something like that tomorrow because I'll be off the back, and uh, hopefully I can get off to a, a positive start tomorrow. Tiger Woods, uh, nine shots off the lead. He's off at 11.47 a.m. Eastern time. And get this, with Jordan Spieth and Adam Hadwin. What a thrill this is going to be for the Canuck. Uh, his first time playing alongside Tiger Woods, and I think it will be a good one. It's, just, it's a no pressure. It's not exactly like Nick Taylor and Phil Mickelson playing the final group on Sunday. As Tiger mentioned, those guys are well back. They're all tied for 45th. Um, but there'll still be a huge crowd. It's Obviously, it's L.A. He's the host. There's big numbers there. So it'll be fun, I think, for for Adam, and we'll see how we uh, how he handles the pressure and uh, what they chat about. I always find that interesting. I asked Nick about that after. Um, what did he and Phil talk about? You know, and it wasn't really anything <laughs> super interesting or anything. But uh, but Tiger's round yesterday. You know, this is this is interesting. So um, he made the double on 15, drove it in the fairway, 144 yards, in. 144 yards out. Right? You know these numbers because you did the pack yesterday. I'm assuming, mm-hmm. so, right? I did. Okay, I did. So the third hole, he makes a bogey. Uh, he's 312 down. He's got 131 yards, but he's in the right rough. Mm-hmm. And then he uh, nails it into the bunker, mm-hmm. sails the bunker shot. And in the fourth hole, uh, he hits his drive in the fairway, mm-hmm. 70 feet left of the hole. And on the sixth hole, he made a birdie. He hits the green and three putts. Mm-hmm. So 
it's it's got to be a frustrating kind of round for Tiger Woods when you set yourself up with simple shots or easier shots to get into the hole. You probably got all these numbers written down, haven't you? I, I, have, <laughs> I, have, I have some. No, 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 <laughs> okay. not at all. I was uh, just to piggyback your point there. Six of his ten greens missed were inside 150 yards. Yeah. You know, and those are um, the one on 15. He hits this huge drive. Uh, King uh, producer Kaz, we were watching the tee shot together. He hits this 335-yard tee shot. Tiger's back. Let's go. And then 144 yards pitching wedge. He hits it fat. And he said after the round, he said, I chunked it. Yeah. 22 yards short. And to make matters worse, plug lie in the bunker, right. chops it over the green, sloppy pitch back, misses the putt. And also five putts missed inside 10 feet. Mm-hmm. This, it just sounds like a guy, really, as he said, who hasn't practiced much. <laughs> you know, it's just, it just rust, right? It's rust, and it could be fatigue as well. You know, when you think about all the duties he had, all the running around, he was with a celebrity event earlier in the week, and mm-hmm. he's gotten to meet some of the young kids from the foundation who have been sort of the, the ones who come out. So there's a, uh, there's a lot on his plate. He says he's done it since 99, 2000, where he's, he's been hosting events and things of this sort. But for me this week, it just seems that he never really got into a great rhythm. I don't know what that would what would allow him to do that. Maybe mm-hmm. he can do it while doing all this stuff. But as you said, when you're missing wedges, when you're missing putts, that kind of stuff to me speaks to um, a little bit of fatigue maybe. I'm not sure. But it's it certainly wasn't pretty to watch, and it mm-hmm. could have been so much better, I think is what we're both saying. Yeah, you know, as we always say, golf is a coulda, woulda, shoulda uh, sort of game. Uh, it's all started out so well uh, with an eagle on one for Tiger, which we'll get to uh, in our next segment a little more in-depth. But uh, he is nine shots off the lead, teeing off with Jordan Spieth uh, and Adam Hadwin uh, for the third round. Well, that wraps up Hour 1 right here on Golf Talk Canada. Coming up in Hour 2, we'll hear from Mark Sakino. We'll learn all about TaylorMade's sim line of irons. But first, it's our favorite segment of the show, Winners Weird and What. That's coming up after the break. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. Stay tuned for 60 more minutes of GTC. CHUM AM Toronto is TSN 1050, an iHeart radio station. The NBA champion Raptors live here. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club. Proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit WoodingtonLake.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks as we kick off the back nine on this lovely Saturday morning here on GTC. Uh, Mark Sacchino is going to be joining us at the bottom of the hour. He's covering uh, the Genesis Invitational in L.A. at Riviera for PGA Tour Radio. It's still bright and early out in L.A., um, but uh, maybe he hasn't gone to sleep yet. Maybe he's uh, still going. He doesn't doesn't sleep. He's got superpowers. Yeah. 
he, just, he, he, can, he can stay awake. Yes. Stay awake all night. He never sleeps. He has a cape, too, and he can fly. That's uh, right. That is uh, Mark Sacchino. He's going to join us uh, in about a half an hour's time. But now, Bob, it's our favorite time of the show. It's Winners, Weird, and What. And this week, I have the tea. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Okay, Bob, my winner this week is Colin Morikawa. Uh, his mm. cut, his made cut streak continues. He made his 18th consecutive cut as a professional. To put that into perspective, he hasn't actually missed a cut as a professional. Wow. You know... That's pretty impressive. Uh, you know, look to be, and especially as well, I should say, this looked to be in doubt as well. He shot two over on Thursday, four under on Friday nice. to make the cut. And uh, we saw him um, at uh, the RBC Canadian Open in June. I watched him on the range for probably five minutes, and watching him hit balls, it's pretty impressive. I got to say that of his, of the young guys in that uh, group, you know, Matthew Wolf, Victor Hovland, I like. His swing the best. I think he's got the purest golf swing out there. So maybe not a big surprise that he's mm-hmm. on this great cut streak. Yeah, and you know, comparing him to Wolf uh, and and Hovland, you know, Wolf has that you know crazy move. He's the modern day Jim Furyk, and and, and Hovland's got an interesting little move as well. Morikawa has uh, you know a tempo and and uh, move in his swing that it seems repeatable. It seems consistent, and he's going to have a ton of success. Uh, uh, three top tens in 2019, uh, nine starts, including the win at Barracuda. And this season, two top tens and eight starts. Uh, it's been a great year, a great little run for Morikawa, and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how uh, it continues. Uh, my weird this week, um, I'm going to document the struggles of Francesco Molinari. Mm. It's it's crazy to think how far he's really fallen. Uh, you look back, 2018, he wins the BMW PGA Championship. Uh, of course, wins the 2018 Open Championship. First European player to get five points in five matches at the Ryder Cup. There's the whole Mollywood thing with wow. with, uh, with um, Tommy Fleetwood as well, that hilarious video they posted. Uh, he was number one in tw- on the 2018 European Tours Race to Dubai standings. 64 in the final round uh, just... Uh, under a year, over a year ago, I should say, to win the 2019 Arnold Palmer Invitational, leading the final round of the Masters, standing on the 12th tee, makes two double bogeys in his final seven holes. And since the Masters, 19 starts worldwide. His best finish is an 11th. He has six missed cuts, including the past three weeks on the PGA Tour. What is going on with Molinari? <laughs> I don't know, right? It's strange how he can fall right off, and you wonder. Uh, he did say that he got bothered by losing that Masters, but that's that's a while ago now. So, I mean, he should be out of that funk, and he's too good a golfer not to be playing better than this. It's very strange, very, very strange. It's puzzling, too, especially, you know, given that we're in another Ryder Cup year. Mm-hmm. This is a huge time that these guys have to get points, and with all these young guys coming up on both the American and European side and the amount of success, as I mentioned, Molinari had on the Ryder Cup uh, or at the Ryder Cup back in Paris in 2018. Uh, you'd think they're going to want some veteran experience, but he's going to have to play some better golf if he wants to be on Padre uh, Harrington te- Harrington's team. That's uh, for sure. My what this week, what a great course setup at Riviera, um, specifically the 6th and the 10th holes. We've been, you know, the, this whole distance report's come out about how guys hit the ball too far. And yes, that may be true. The guys hit the ball a crazy amount, but 
if you look at course setup, you know, Riviera is just a great example of a course where there really isn't much rough and the scores really aren't that low. And the two holes I want to focus on are the sixth hole and the tenth hole. The sixth hole, there's a bunker in the middle of the green, the yeah. par three. In fact, um, John Rahm has chipped on the green both days. Um, it's a funky little hole, isn't it? It is a funky little hole. And when you look at it and you stand up on the tee and you look at it, you go, there's no way in the world anybody today would design a golf course like this. I can remember the old horseshoe green, which was the, uh, the 17th at uh, Glen Abbey for a while, where you had, yes, yes. you had the possibility, and some guys did. I remember Mark Kalkovecchia chipping from the lower part to the upper part, but they've changed that now. So again, it's a classic hole, um, and it's, it's a cool hole, but... If you tried to build that today, some guys might say, what the crazy, we're not going to have a bunker in the middle of the green. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating, really. And as well, uh, the pin, pin location they had yesterday, there was a big slope about 20 feet behind the hole. So if guys went long, they could really you know, play that slope and potentially get a one. Or if guys missed the green, they would actually play the slope up and bring it back all the way down. Rose and, and Rory McIlroy did a similar thing. Played 181 yards on Thursday, 205 on Friday. So still a pretty good length in, in uh, par three. Before we get to your three-dub as well, the 10th hole. One of the great uh, yes. short par fours on the PGA Tour. 302 yards. Bunkers everywhere. There's, all, there's one 30 to 40 yards short for, that, for guys who go for the green. And, it, you know, let's say maybe they miss it a three-wood or come up a little short. They've got this scary 40-yard bunker shot to a very narrow green. Bunkers everywhere. There's really nowhere to miss. And even if you lay up, it's a very challenging approach shot, too. Yeah, it's great. And there's lots of, lots of theories as to what works better. Statistics actually show that going for it results in more a higher percentage of birdies. It's almost like 3-1 to one. players who go for it make birdie more often than players who lay up. Um, but I thought, did you see what Tiger did on on Thursday? Yeah, I put it way he blew left, it way left, yep. and still got it up and down. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I think I think it's a uh, it's a hole that there's no right or wrong. You've got to feel what you want to do mm-hmm. out there in terms of how to play it. And uh, and like you said, just great short par four, great short. Great short par fours are not plentiful, mm-hmm. but man, when they are when they are designed perfectly well, so it's not just a straightaway drive it as hard as you can kind of thing. Uh, I love them; they're they're so intriguing. And what did Tiger do on Friday? He hit iron off the tee, <laughs> hit a shot to ten feet, and made the putt. There you go, a good birdie uh, for sure. All right, Bob, the tee is now yours. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball. Well, my winner this week, Adam, is uh, not you, but it is me. It's older <laughs> golfers. You're not old, so you don't qualify in this group. However, the reason why older golfers are winners this week is because there's a new study that's come out that the preliminary research shows that the more golf you play, the longer you will live. About 25 wow. million Americans are golfers, and the sport's social nature and controlled pace allow older adults to maintain their ability and motivation to play, unlike more strenuous sports like tennis, researchers found. So that's what the report says. It also reduces stress, apparently even among those who can't keep their balls out of the hazards. It reduces stress? It reduces okay, stress. Okay, that, that's interesting. Because I find, like, if I go on a vacation and I play golf, sometimes I think, why am I playing golf on vacation? I get stressed out about making two double bogeys in a row. That's interesting. Yes, but again, you're young. You're not old like me. <laughs> oh, right. Good point. <laughs> Research has identified 384 participants who are regular golfers, and they found that the golfer's death rate 
15.1% was significantly lower wow. than the non-golfer's death rate of 24.6. Wow. So if you're an old dude like me, or older dude, then <laughs> go out and play more golf. By the wow. way, the last part said that uh, eight, only 8.1% of regular golfers suffered strokes and only 98 had heart attacks. Interesting. So, isn't that cool? The more you learn. It's the second study, too. There was one in 2016 that showed basically the same kind of thing. Interesting. So Wow. Uh, my weird this week takes us to Stratford, Ontario. Oh. Stratford, Ontario is uh, home of, home of the Stratford Festival. Yes. And there is the Stratford Municipal Golf Course where this incident occurred. And a Stratford man was cornered on one of the city's golf courses, and he tried to convince the officers he worked there, but they didn't buy it. Wow. Police were responding to a complaint about a break-in at Lorne Avenue Salvage Yard and Recycling, and they caught up with Craig Somerville near a sand trap on the neighboring golf, Stratford Municipal Golf Course. Police, they said, located the accused who was pretending to care for the golf course, the federal prosecutor, Brittany Murphy, said. He advised police that he worked at the golf course and identified himself as Matt. But police knew that wasn't true. <laughs> Stratford Court rumored they attempted to arrest him, but Somerville ran away. Officers contained the area and detained him a little bit later on. And 25 minutes later, they were uh, um, hauling him off to... The court, they said that they found, they returned to the scrapyard. They found a 2018 white Ford F-150 reported stolen in Waterloo six days earlier, and it had plates on it that were stolen from a business in Mississauga. So the, uh, the moral of the story is don't pretend to be a golf course worker because you're not going to get away with that either. So Wow. That's such an idiot. That's here. quite a story. You know, the next time we co-host, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a weird. <laughs> I'm going to scour the Internet high and far and, and try to find something like that. That's, that's great. Uh, my what this week is is under the heading of what are the chances. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm going to talk about. Mm-hmm. So uh, Tiger Woods, on his opening hole on Thursday... He goes out and uh, hits two great shots on the par five. And how? what do you think the distance was from the hole? We had a birdie well, putt. I, an eagle putt. I guessed it was 30 feet, but it was a little shorter <laughs> than that, wasn't it? It was 24 feet, 8 inches. Now, if those two numbers don't mean anything to you, 24 and 8, and a recent celebrity who, uh, well, celebrity, sensational basketball player, one of the greatest, greatest basketball players ever, wore both those numbers mm-hmm. in his career for the L.A. Lakers. And, of course, we're talking about the late Kobe Bryant. And I think that's uh, just it's like mind-boggling that it was 24 and 8. And there have been lots of tributes to Kobe of, since his passing, obviously, tragic passing. Uh, but that one was an unintended um, tribute. Yeah, it, I mean, pretty it, uh, cra- crazy. And after Tiger was, you know, he's like, isn't that ironic, right? And it's, it's unbelievable, really. And, you know, you mentioned the tributes, uh, Justin Thomas with his wedges, with his shoes, Rory McIlroy has some head covers, Brooks uh, Kepka with his shoes as well. Also the eighth hole at uh, Riviera this week uh, on the tee box. There's a sign. It's in uh, yellow and purple. And then the flag as well. The flag uh, is uh, yellow uh, and purple as uh, well. And I'm sure the tributes will keep on coming and we'll see an emotional, uh, you know, if Kepka wins coming up or Rory or Tiger or anyone really, they'll be tributing. Yeah, of course, Kobe. Tiger and and, uh, and uh, Black Mamba were good mm-hmm. buddies and mm-hmm. they were running mates while, they, while he was living in California. They said they drifted apart a little bit after Tiger moved to Florida. But man, that's just that's just like eerie. It's it's like, it's eerie for sure, and and you know Tiger and Kobe sort of came up together, as Tiger said in his press conference. They they both started around '96 yeah. and. Uh, gone way too soon, Kobe Bryant. Uh, but no, I'm sure we'll see the the tributes uh, keep coming uh, in the golf world. Uh, By the way, Tiger made the putt. So. 
Tiger did make the putt for Eagle. <laughs> That's a good yes, putt. yes. Uh, but yeah, Tiger now uh, nine shots uh, off the lead, uh, two rounds to go at the Genesis uh, Invitational. Well, coming up after the break, uh, we're going to learn all about TaylorMade's Sim line of irons. Uh, Nick Taylor used one of these irons uh, to win a second career PGA Tour event. We're going to learn all about these irons next. This is GTC. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit woodingtonlake.com. This is Golf Talk Canada. Celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks uh, on this uh, frigid Saturday morning here uh, in the Toronto area. Hopefully it starts to warm up soon because we both want to play golf. Yeah. Minus six right now. Oh, boy. Simulator Saturday. Simulator. I'm, I'm actually, I've actually booked the Bayview Simulator for next Saturday. Oh, it's by, I'm right feels, minus six, but it feels like minus 15, so Ooh. that's not That's not good, it. eh? No, it's not good. Especially into the wind, too. That's going to be a... Hmm. That'll be a tough one. Well, if you want new irons to hit into the wind, that's a segue right there. Wow. Uh, <laughs> you can learn, oh, that's poor. You can learn all about uh, the tailor made sim line of irons. Uh, we were at Carlsbad, or in Carlsbad, at TaylorMade's HQ uh, back in December. And Bob, you actually had a chance to catch up uh, with Matt Bovey, and we learned all about their new irons. All right, Matt, let's talk about uh, sim irons. And this is building off the technology that uh, you brought out last year with SpeedBridge, and that seems to be the main um, piece of attention for this iron, but it's certainly not the only story. So why don't you give us a little bit about what's going on and how you came up with this new design? Sure, yeah, so the new 2020 irons, SimMax and SimMax OS, they're built around the foundation of the SpeedBridge technology, like you mentioned. That SpeedBridge gives players more distance with better feel from one technology. So we don't have to have the trade-off anymore, which is why we want to make sure we keep that technology and we build around it. But in addition to the speed bridge, the Max and Max OS are packed full with a speed pocket and a brand new sound dampening uh, technology called the Echo Damping System. Ultimately what this is going to do is it's going to give players forged iron-like feel without sacrificing any performance. Now, the Echo Damping System uses multiple contact points across the full length of the face to accelerate that damping process, which is where we get the forged iron-like feel without sacrificing performance. It's tough to try to combine all the things you've got in there and still make this club work. How much of a, um, of a, of a building process was it to kind of get to this point where you're really not sacrificing anything? Yeah, when you think about the amount of time we spent uh, developing SpeedBridge, right? That's three to four years in the making, and now we've understood it in, in the M5 and M6 irons, which allows us to then continue to redesign it, optimize it, and ultimately design a better face into 2020. So, I mean, you're looking at five years just from the technology package that's in these irons, but in terms of really breaking the trade-off barrier between distance and feel for a game improvement iron, that's been a mission for a long, long time. 
And the speed bridge, we see it, it's very visible, it's right there, but why don't you give us a, a, a sort of a layman's explanation of how it actually works and what it does? Sure, so the speed bridge, I mean, uh, we'll pull out an iron head here, this one will be a little bit easier to see, right, we have in the bag as well, but the speed bridge is the bar that spans across the cavity back of the iron here. So it connects the sole with the upper portion of the face, or what we call the top line. By doing that, we add additional rigidity in the top line, which allows us to put a more flexible speed pocket, a through-slot speed pocket, into the game improvement irons. The through-slot speed pocket is significantly more flexible. Flexibility is ultimately what drives ball speed and forgiveness in game improvement irons. So the speed bridge unlocks a more flexible speed pocket, which actually changes the way the face behaves at impact, now hinging about the top line making, uh, giving players more ball speed and again, a larger sweet spot. Okay, and you mentioned the echo dampening system. Can you give me that as well and a little bit more of a layman's terms? Why would I be interested in that? What does it do for me? Sure, so the echo damping system, we actually have a good view of it here, right? We can take a look through the face and you can see the multiple contact points spanning from the heel to the toe. A good way to think about multiple contact points is if somebody rings a bell and you want to silence that bell, do you use one finger or are you gonna use your whole hand, right? Obviously you're gonna use your whole hand because multiple contact points means you dampen out those vibrations much quicker, ultimately giving you a better feeling iron without sacrificing performance. Okay, now you've got a second version of this. There's a SimMax, a SimMax OS. Tell us about the OS. Yeah, so the OS is new to the family this year. SimMax is our core game improvement iron all around distance forgiveness playability. SimMax OS, OS standing for oversized, is super game improvement. So a slightly bigger club head there. You got more face area, a little more offset, designed to be more forgiving, and it's built with stronger loss. So players that hold distance paramount, that's definitely gonna be something that they wanna look at it's got all the same technology as Sim Max, in addition to the new shaping for that player looking for more forgiveness, so you know it's gonna feel great and go a long way. Okay, if I'm a golfer, I'm interested in these, but where does it find it in the handicap level or the experience level, who should play each one of these irons? It's a great question, and it's hard to put a handicap number on these, because it really comes down to what you're looking at as a player and maybe your swing speed, but I would say that anybody in that mid to high handicap range, 15 and up, Sim Max and Max OS is gonna be a good candidate for you. It's just gonna be about what fits your eye, what fits how you deliver the club head to the ball impact, and ultimately what gives you the best performance. I wouldn't put a ceiling on any of them. You know, you could be a 30 handicap, and these are gonna work great for you as well, but I certainly recommend getting fit. Perfect, thank you. Absolutely. All right, Bob, that was you with uh, Matt Bovee, and we mentioned off the top, Nick Taylor used uh, the Sim uh, Max 4-iron, um, and uh, you recently, or we all re were recently at uh, Taylor Maids HQ, and were you fit into some Sim irons? I was fitted into Sim Max irons, Sim Max, and okay. I guess there's a coincidence there, because uh, the only iron I didn't get was the 4-iron. Oh. <laughs> Nick Taylor, so he's got my 4-iron, okay. probably with a different shaft than I would use. Okay. Well, another thing I wanted to bring up today, um, which I, I, I heard you recently um, on, uh, inter uh, you were interviewed about your time playing the Augusta National. This is oh, something yeah. I have to ask you about. <laughs> um, um, so part of the media draw, of course, you get to, you know, it took you 18 years to 19. actually play, 19 years to play Augusta National. You shot 85 at Augusta National? Is, yeah. is, it, is that correct? It is. I did not know this. Now, you got to put this into some perspective. Okay. A bit. So, first of all, I, um, I hadn't played, I hadn't touched a club since October or Which November. So, you impressive. go in there, and for 19 years, I brought my clubs down. It never 
zipped them out of the package. That's not true. A couple times we played a few rounds in Augusta. Right, right. When we had used the old days when we used to have a little more time or the Monday after when yeah. we would go home later. But I, um, I, so you're playing, you're playing members tees, right. which are considerably far forward. They are, I think, like 61, maybe 6,200 yards. So it's pretty short. And you're inspired. And you've got a caddy. I mean, there's a lot of stuff working in your favor. And I will say that the caddies, perhaps once or twice, uh, not to my actual see. I never saw them do this. Ooh. But there were a couple of times, just two on occasion I can think of, where maybe my ball didn't quite end up where oh. when I got to there, it was in a different spot than I thought it might have been. And that might have been a little help from somebody from one of the four caddies. So Interesting. it's possible. But uh, no, I was, I was full measure for it. I played really well that day. And, you know, you're just pumped up for it, obviously. Oh, my goodness. I didn't. Uh, I only had, I think I had... Three three putts, but one of them no four three putts, but one of them, my third putt was from twelve feet. So you can imagine how bad the first two putts were. <laughs> wow! Imagine that. So so for anyone, so for media going down, let's say you're you've gone down for four or five years, you've never won the media draw. What's the first thing you would tell a media member who's who you could win? Like you know, is it the greens? Is it the elevation? What, what would it's, it be? It would be trust your caddy. <laughs> trust your caddy because there are a second hole. I was lined up to putt sort of, you know, in one direction. My caddy turned me around, like, moved me 45 degrees of where the line was. So wow. you've got to trust your caddy. It's an interesting. The caddies are great there. I know we've got to go, but I'll give you this no, no, please. Funny, funny little story. So on the, it's a beautiful day. They, they do it so well at Augusta. Yeah. But you, you get a caddy. You get one of their regular caddies. And I had this guy. I can't remember his name. was Vic. I think he was an old Vietnam vet. He'd been caddying there for, like, 20 Two years, oh he caddied for two presidents. Wow. So we're walking off the first tee, and he says to me, he says, Mr. Weeks, he says, I want to make you a bet. I said, okay. He says, I'll bet for every weed you find today, I'll pay you $100. And I said, okay. He says, but at the end of 18 holes, if we haven't found any weeds, you owe me 1000 Oof. So we start walking down the hill after him, tee shot on one, and I'm looking, and I'm looking, and I'm looking, going, um, yeah, no bet. <laughs> There's no weeds anywhere on that place. And he just laughed because, of course, he does that. That's one of his shticks that he does with everyone. Right. But uh, uh, it was a great experience. Yeah, I shot 85. I'm very proud, and I, I have the scorecard to prove it. That's amazing. Well, I, I heard that last night. I, I just had to, to ask you that. But eight, that's, that's unbelievable. Good for you. That's impressive. Uh, well, speaking of impressive, uh, coming up after the break, Mark Zucchino is awake in L.A. It's 627 in the morning, and he is ready uh, to speak with us. We're going to call Mark Zucchino covering the Genesis Invitational for PGA Tour Radio after the break. This is GTC. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks here on this lovely Saturday morning. And now joining us on the line, we've been teasing it all morning, 
is Mark Sakino, who's covering the Genesis Invitational uh, on from PGA Tour Radio. He's joining us now from uh, L.A. Mark, how are you this morning? What is the weather like right now in L.A.? Boys, if you've been teasing me, we had a we've had a rough show. If I'm if I'm if, if, if people are holding on to hear what I got to say, we're we're in trouble. Well, well <laughs> earlier in the show, uh, there were reports out there that you were there was some sumo wrestling, uh, some bungee jumping. Uh, can you confirm or deny what was going on? All I'm going to say, it's L.A. Okay, <laughs> it's L.A. All right, <laughs> guys, the weather's been perfect. Uh, I was just telling David off air. That uh, 180 from last year. Last yeah. year, uh, this was the coldest I was at any PGA Tour event last year mm-hmm. was in L.A., which is shocking, right? And it was so cold, and, and it was mainly because it was so wet. I mean, like, it poured, and we never saw more than oh, 7, 8 degrees Celsius last year in a sideways rain. Mm-hmm. The, this year, complete opposite. And the golf course is complete opposite. It, it's perfect. You know, it's been dry. The, the ball's hopping around. It's got those edges back that make it, you know, make it what it is. And uh, every day has been just a picture-perfect day and expect the same thing again today. So um, it's good. This is how you want Riviera to play. So we're getting the tournament we want. Yeah, that's for sure. Okay, so through two rounds, we have uh, Matt Kuchar, uh, who's leading uh, by two uh, over Rory McIlroy. But one guy I want to talk to you about first uh, here, Mark, because uh, I know you were following him, and, and we played your interview with him earlier in the show, is Adam Scott. Uh, just what have you seen from him this week, uh, and just how impressive uh, has he been uh, from tee to green? And then once, once he's got on the green, how impressive has he been on the greens as well? You know, tee to green is... Uh... Well, yesterday was incredible. I had him in the morning yesterday before before I went out and picked up Rory. I've been with Rory with, for almost every single hole this week, so okay. you, you want to realize how bad you are at this game. Just follow Rory McIlroy uh, in person, and then you realize you might never touch a club again after watching that. But uh, Adam Scott, not too far off. Uh, yesterday, he's always been one of the best ball strikers in the world, and maybe one of the best golf swings we've ever seen. It just comes down to that that putter, and can it hold up? And this is a golf course where, for some reason, the putter has held up more often than not over the years. He's one of the few guys that are actually comfortable on these putting surfaces. Most of these guys, unless you've been around this golf course a, a bunch of times, are very confused by by the putting surfaces here at Riviera. It's just they're so tricky. There's a pull to the ocean that you can't really see because you don't you know the ocean's there, but you can't really see it. It's you know it's west of the property by about a mile, but you know it's obviously we're, we're you know we're off the water, but there is that pull. Adam Scott just he's comfortable here, and when he's got his his game going, it's impressive. I asked him in our interview yesterday about the three wood he hit on 17. And he just started kind of giggling and smiling, and it's like. Listen, that's as good as I can hit it. Uh, 288 uphill, back right pin. He flies a three wood almost whole high. The thing lands, you know, landed like a seven iron. And from there, you know, he kind of waved at the putter. And that was kind of, you know, it's like, hey, you know, you never even gave it a chance to get in. So again, it'll come down to the putter. T to green, I expect Scott to be solid again today. It, the one question mark I guess we would have, guys, is does the putter hold up? And. It's been a long time since he's been in contention. He played great last year. He might be the best player on the PGA Tour in 19 not to win in last year's calendar year. He didn't win. But statistically, if you look at him, he might have been the best not to win. Well, we're out of time. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you think of uh, 
What did you think of Rory McIlroy's uh, Where's Waldo uniform yesterday? Ooh. Oh, my God, Bob. <laughs> I wanted to see it on the air. It's the first thing I thought of when I saw him. I was thinking to myself, am I the only one here that thinks he's dressed like Where's No one mentioned it. I was like, I don't know. Did they mention it at all? Did Faldo say something on the broadcast? Not that I heard. I didn't. I was sort of in and out of it, but it's been uh, it's been lit up pretty good on social media. I will say that. It was, uh, now, listen, hey, Rory, Rory can do whatever the hell he wants. He, you know what I mean? Like, he's Rory. McElroy, but the first thing I thought of is what's with the Where's Waldo look? There's, I got to tell you, there's been a few looks this week too. That's one of those head scratch. I know we're in LA. I know it was Valentine's Day yesterday, so you've got guys and maybe a few things they wouldn't normally don. Certainly the spectators as well. But wow, I thought the same thing. Uh, so let's let's just chat about the guy at the top of the leaderboard, Matt Kuchar, and. Scully and I were talking about earlier how, you know, when you think of Matt Kuchar's game, there's nothing that really jumps off and says, okay, he's a great driver, he's an accurate driver, he's good with his eye. I mean, he's sort of an all-around good player. I know he's been putting very well this week, and he's hit a, lot, a fair number of greens, but w- what about his game do you think stands out, or what do you think about his game makes him such a good, consistent player? I don't think I'm, – I'm with you guys a thousand percent. I, it's hard to pick one aspect of the game. I think the word consistency, like you've used, is the reason why he's a great player. Is he, is he's always seemed to do everything well. There's not a lot of holes in the game. There's, there's no deficiencies. And you kind of know what you're going to get with Matt Kuchar. And I think, guys, it's because he had to fight for his career. You know, you got to remember back, remember back in the day, you know, he made his debut there on – the national scale as, as an amateur at the mm-hmm. Masters and then turned professional. But his, he up, his go, obnoxious dad. Yes, yeah. oh, that was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he had to go backwards before he got back to the dance. He, he had to go back, get his card again, fight for it, and, 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 and then, you know, I guess that would be about 10 years ago now, which is amazing when you think about it, but uh, maybe even longer. Mm-hmm. And then and then a resurgence of his career. And I think in the last five, six years, it's just the consistency. He's got his game. In my opinion, he has his game in a place where he knows what he's going to get almost every time he goes out to the golf course. So there's that reliability uh, factor with Matt Kuchar. And, uh, you know, it's weird because for a tall guy, yeah, when he went back to really work on his swing and rebuild his swing, Bob, I don't know if you'll remember this, but how flat he got and how mm-hmm. round he got for a tall guy. It was so weird to see the first time he kind of came back on the scene 10 years ago with, with that little bit of that rework swing. It was so flat, but boy, the consistency, reliability is just, you know, is he going to go out there and go toe-to-toe today in the final group with McElroy and, and, and blow for blow? No, but he, you know, if he's playing well, which he seems to be, he's just going to kind of jab you to death. And it'll be up to McElroy to, to put the pedal down and say, okay, you guys can't do this. But Rory can't make big mistakes. Certainly that's what, you know, where Tiger's in the place that he's in. He just can't avoid the big mistakes. But, again, uh, Cooch, again, he'll probably he'll go out there and he'll just kind of jab you to death. And that's what I expect him to do today. Well, a couple of years ago, actually, uh, it could be some uh, good karma here for Kuchar. Uh, the final round of the Masters, uh, 2018, I believe. Uh, Kuchar made a hole-in-one on the 16th hole, playing with Rory McIlroy at Augusta National. So maybe some good vibes there uh, for Kuch. But another guy, Mark, you followed. I know you definitely followed him on Thursday because we were texting back and forth. Uh, is Dustin Johnson, <laughs> uh, as you called him, my twin. Yeah. Um, what What have you seen from him uh, so far this week? He had a bit of a resurgence yesterday going 5-under. Uh, but what have you seen uh, from DJ, though? Thus far, 
he should be five or six better. Uh, yeah. He has missed a large bucket of short putts, which is quite common here in Riviera. That, that you know, especially, it's not common for a guy like DJ here at Riviera, though. So, so you know, to clarify, Dustin Johnson has a win in 2017 here, mm-hmm. and he's got seven top tens in this tournament. So he knows this golf course and plays well here. So a guy with that kind of uh, pedigree around here, you don't expect him to be making those short, uh, missing those short putts, but that's what seems to happen around here. It's just weird. His head's in a weird place. He's been playing alongside Rory, so that's why you know I've been with DJ as well the entire week. I've kind of had that group. That was my assignment this week for Thursday, Friday. And it's just been it's just been a lot of weird little things like short miss putts for DJ. Another one I'll tell you on Thursday, he, on the par 3-6, he almost hit it out of bounds on the par three. Ooh. And, I mean, you've got to hit it like 40, wow. 30 yards offline, hit obey, uh, OB, it hit the top of the tree and kicked back into play. And I'm like, that's just that's such a wide miss. It's, it just His mind doesn't seem to be there. He's going back and forth with the putter. He's already threw two putters this week. He started off with a black spider yesterday, a copper mini spider. I know he has a truss with him because I saw him with the truss blade on the putting green. Mm. So we've got a revolving door of putters. Um, who knows what we see out of, the, uh, out of DJ today? It could be anything. Do you think DJ should try your new patented grip with one hand on? <laughs> the trust grip? We have to break that down at some point. We, we no, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. No. Uh, I want to go back there to what you said. You guys were texting and you said it, your twin, Dustin Johnson. I yes. just looked it up. He's 6'4", 190. Ooh. Mark Sacchino is... What five eight five nine? Not me. <laughs> I know the way it came out was like you and Dustin were twins. Uh, I know Scully yeah. gets mistaken for for him for yes. around yeah. a little bit. Uh, what about <laughs> lies, what about this what about this lies. what about this great uh, feature group we have today with Tiger Woods, Jordan Spieth, and Adam Hadwin, who's going to play with El Tigre for the first time in his career. That's cool. I saw Adam this week. Uh, first time I've seen him since he's been a dad, really. I haven't seen him in ages. So I said to him, Father, who looks great on you, Adam. And gave me knuckles and you know, said, say hi to everybody. I know you guys have talked to him already, but he's walking around here with a smile on his face from year to year. I don't think there's anything that could happen right now to put Adam in, in a bad space. And I'm sure he's thrilled to go out with to go out with Tiger today, and uh, man, Tiger should be so much better. I, I don't know how much you guys have watched in this golf mm-hmm. tournament, but the way Tiger has started rounds of golf, he looks like he's about to grab the throat of this golf tournament in the start of the tournament, and then it's weird. He just kind of fades away, and, and, and it's un-Tiger-like with the mistakes he's making. These are not normal Tiger errors. They almost look like uh, mental laps, and, and that's the last thing you ever see from Tiger. So be interesting to see what we get from Tiger. I still don't think he's had his best round of golf in, in this golf tournament. Speed, guys, I'm I'm done guessing what he's going to do. I, he fought hard to be here on the weekend. Um, wow, I don't know. I, I just I don't last last week same thing. We got to give him credit for one thing with Jordan right now. He's fighting hard to get four rounds of golf. He did it last week at Pebble. Had to chip in above the hole at number nine there. And he got to the weekend and. Fought, I think he even finished in the top 10 off the top of my head yep. last week. Fought yep. for a top, finally in the top 10. So he's grinding. Whether he, How much he's finding out here, I don't know. It's still, from, from, from what I've seen, it still doesn't look good. But, uh, but here he is, going to play four rounds of golf. So I guess that's somewhat of an improvement. 
Yeah, it's it's been interesting watching Spieth and really interesting watching Tiger this week. Some of the misses, you know, six of his 10 greens missed were from inside 150 yards, you know, Mark, on the 15th hole, hitting it fat from 144 so, yards. It's it just, yeah. to me, as, as he's spoken a lot about this week, he hasn't really had time to practice, I guess, with his hosting duties. Uh, he just seems a little rusty. I got, uh, he is rusty. He, he has more duties this week, but you know what? That's time management. You know, Nicholas and, and, and Palmer and all Grayless, Sneed, all the guys that had their names attached to tournaments over the years as they got older had, you know, something like this to deal with at some point. The Tiger's still probably very young considering them, uh, in, in consideration to them and, and, and in this, you know, in his, I don't want to say in his prime, because that's not the right word, but certainly a guy you anticipate has a solid chance to win this golf tournament. So there's got to be some time management there. But I'm wondering if it's got less to do with time, guys, and more to do with the temperatures of mm-hmm. what he would have to deal with with the time available to practice and hit balls. Like, mm-hmm. unless he's going to go out at the very end of the day, which is probably when his hosting duties are more important afterwards with corporate, corporate ob- obligations and stuff like that. At most of that practice time here is, that, you know, they got the range flood lit so these guys can get out there early in the morning, get, get swings in, work on their game. It's cold. It's cold when it's dark, okay? It's February and it's L.A. And I'm wondering if that's got a lot to do with it as well. Does Tiger want to be out there in 45 Fahrenheit pounding golf balls in the dark? My guess, no. Yeah, probably not. Well, Tiger's off in just over two hours uh, with Jordan Spieth and Canadian uh, Adam Hadwin. Okay, Mark, stick around. After the break, we're going to do leaderboard updates, and then we're going to have one final thought, one final prediction of who you think uh, is going to take the Genesis Invitational. This is GTC. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf. Pushing the boundaries of golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos, meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe could be. Visit adidas.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, wrapping up this morning's show. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks, Mark Sacchino on the phone at the Genesis Invitational in L.A. It's time for some leaderboard updates. Leaderboard updates are brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Visit SmartGolfDeals.com to book your next tee time. Bob, hit us. All right, Champions Tour is playing the Chubb Classic in Naples, Florida. There's a a tie atop the leaderboard at 7 under par, Doug Barron and Scott Perrell. Fred Funk and Ken Tanagawa and Bernard Longer and Stephen Leaney are all a shot back at six under. Top and only Canadian. Stephen Ames right now tied for 24th after an opening round two under par. The LPGA Tour is playing the ISPS Honda Women's Australian Open in Seton, South Australia. And a familiar name atop the leaderboard, Inby Park, Mm. who is making a run to try and uh, get back on the Olympic team for South Korea. So she'll need a couple of good finishes to do that. Uh, Ayan Cho, also of South Korea, is at 12 under par, three shots back. Marina Alex is in third place. She's at 11 under par. Top and only Canadian in the field was, was as I use that word, is, uh, was Elena Sharpe, who missed the cut mm. with a, rounds of 74-75. By the way, the rest of the Asian swing 
Um, well, the start of the Asian Swing that they would normally go on after this event has been canceled, so they're all heading home after this. There you go. Okay, Corn Ferry Tour, Suncoast Classic, Robert Garrigus, Peter Uline, Jack McGuire, all tied for the lead. But some, con- some Canadian content in contention. Three Canadians tied for eighth. Ben Silverman, Taylor Pendrith, Adam Svensson, uh, all two shots off the lead. Could be another huge weekend hey, for Canadian Weir golf. Hey, Weir's made the cut, too. Mike Weir, T43 as well. He was four awesome. under yesterday. He's six shots off the lead. You never know. He could make a run. And as we've been discussing all morning, Genesis Invitational, Matt Kuchar, two-shot lead over Rory McIlroy. Uh, Adam Hadwin making the cut. He'll be playing with Tiger Woods. Unfortunately, uh, Canadian Nick Taylor, who won last week, missing the cut. Corey Connors uh, as well, as well as Roger Sloan. Okay, Mark, uh, let's get some uh, future headlines here. Um, what do you think is going to happen this weekend? Who, who do you think is going to come out on top of the Genesis Invitational? Well, before we get there, guys, don't you think 10 years from now in the 20th anniversary season of Golf Talk Canada, Bob will be calling in from some marathon somewhere, and oh, yes. I'll be sitting there saying, Bernard Longer, one shot back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, how do you not like Rory? Yeah. I know it's the easy pick. I know it's the, the pick that you know everybody in, in the world is looking at that leaderboard making right now. So I'm not giving you any incredible insight you know, from the Genesis Invitational by taking more. Rory McIlroy, but he's just simply able to do things right now that other players are not willing to do. I'll give you an example. Fourth hole yesterday, the famous uh, Redan par three with the green breaking away from you was 241 Mm -hmm. yesterday. Only four players hit the putting surface in regulation on that green by the time that actually three players by the time Rory got to that green later in the afternoon. Uh, and all those players kind of bounced it in and held the putting surface. Rory was the only guy yesterday in the entire field that could hit his long iron so high, so straight in the sky, land it on the putting surface, keep it on the putting surface. Nobody else could do that. Little things like that, three woods from 308 on the par 5 11th to hole high where you could pitch it up and knock in a birdie. Little things like that just might be too overwhelming for guys like Matt Kuchar to overcome. He's certainly going to be fun to watch. Two shots off the lead uh, of Matt Kuchar and, of course, Tiger, uh, nine shots off the lead. Mark, uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, enjoy, your, uh, enjoy the coverage today, and uh, we'll, we'll, chat to you, uh, we'll chat with you next week. Have a great week, guys. Stay warm, boys. You, you too. Soon. You too. That was uh, Mark Sacchino. You can catch him on PGA uh, Tour Radio. Okay, Bob, we got about a minute here. Who do you see winning this thing? I'm going for an upset. I'm going to go for Wyndham Clark. Ooh. I think he's going to uh, surge. Okay. And the only reason is because I got him in my golf pool and I really need him to do mm. something. So mm. I've been watching him for uh, for a little bit this year, and I think he's, uh, he's, he's he loves this golf course. He's had some good results there, so watch out. He's been in contention a lot. I'm going to go with John Rahm. Since the U.S. Open, he's played nine events, hasn't finished outside the t- or he's finished outside the top 12 once. Uh, you know, he's five shots off the lead, John Rahm, and could get to number one in the world if things fall into place for him as well. Hard not to like that. Hard not to like him as well. Okay, GTC Radio, we're on TV April 11th before the third round of the Masters. Uh, GTC TV is back March 11th before the Players' Championship. Things are moving at a fast pace here, uh, and it's a very exciting time for golf. It doesn't feel like it because it feels like minus 13 outside, but golf season in this part of the world and the meat of the golf season in terms of the PJ Tour 
Vancouver is sneaking up on us. It is just around the corner. Well, Bob, thank you for today. It's been a fun show. Uh, thanks, Mark, for joining us as well. Thank you, Nick Taylor. Congrats again on your second career PGA Tour win. Well, whatever you do this weekend, remember, the first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. Thank you for listening. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Adidas Golf. Pushing the boundaries of golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos. Meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit adidas.ca. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television Weekly on the TSN Television Network. A message from Canadian Blood Services. Reason 23 to join Canada's Lifeline. The need for blood doesn't take a holiday. That's why we need donors every day. There are lots of reasons to donate blood. Book now at blood.ca. There is currently a need for O-negative blood. O-negative blood is used in emergency situations, which is why it's always in need. Donate blood and give hope to patients in need. Book now at blood.ca. I got a call from some company called Numeris, probably another survey. Wait, you need to take that call. You love radio and TV, right? Yeah, so? Yeah, so? Wouldn't you like to have a say in how to shape it? Numeris are the ones that gather that information. Really? Yeah, Numeris. Take the call. All right, I will. Have your say. Brought to you by Radio Connects. Learn more at numeris.ca and be a part of all the great stuff you listen to and watch. There are lots of ways to treat your cold symptoms. You can carry around a spoon and syrup. How about those lozenges? Why not drop those for a different way? Cold drops, just one drop with a naturally sourced ingredient for temporary symptom relief of cough, sore throat, and nasal congestion. Cold drops is a proud partner of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Relief with just one drop, cold drops. For a retailer near you, visit colddrops.com. This product may not be right for you. Always read and follow the label. And the award for best pizza goes to Pizza Pizza for pizza and a movie. Thank you for this delicious experience. I'd like to thank the large pizza, all three drinks, and the chance to work with so many amazing toppings. Oh, I almost forgot. Thanks for the two-for-one movie pass. Wait, I'm not finished. Pizza and a movie, a large three-topping pizza, three drinks, and a two-for-one Cineplex movie admission for only $14.99. Only at Pizza Pizza. 967 11 11 I just love driving and getting caught in the middle of a blizzard with no cell phone service. It's like my quiet time. Said no one ever. Be weather ready with the Corolla. Now with available Safety Connect system to provide 24-7 emergency response. With eight different Corolla models to choose from, now's the time to Toyota. Lease the 2020 Corolla L for as low as $68 weekly at 2.99% APR for 48 months with $0 down. Visit shoptoyota.ca or your local Ontario Toyota dealer for details. Some conditions apply.